0: Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast. It is my mission to provide easy and affordable access to getting help for your child's sleep. I firmly believe that you deserve to be a happy, healthy, and well-rested family, and this podcast serves the mission of helping you meet those goals. Today, we are covering the one-to-none nap transition. This is a big one, but it's not one that I want you to run away and fear from. It may be time, all right? It may be time for your child to make this transition, and I'm going to walk you through all the signs, and I'm also going to show you and tell you how to do this and Oh my goodness, the number one mistake that I see families make when they are going from the one to none nap transition. So we're gonna get in all that today. But first, I actually want to share a sleep win. You guys know every week on Instagram I'm sharing sleep wins. And I'm going to read you one that came in this past week that is so good and it has everything to do with toddler sleep. This win comes from Samantha, whose two and a half-year-old daughter is wrapping up our toddler e-coaching program. She said, my daughter is on day 15 out of 21 of the toddler program and is doing so amazing. I could cry. She went from taking 30 minutes for me to rock her asleep for a nap, to being able to put herself to sleep for the nap. I just put her in the crib and walk away. And nighttime is even more of a dream. It would take 45 to 60 minutes to rock her to sleep. And then halfway through the night, she would end up awake in our bed, staying awake for one to three hours in the middle of the night. Now she puts herself to sleep and sleeps from 10 to 11 hours a night. Your help has been a gift to my marriage and my sanity. Thank you, Samantha. Your story is so good. And it's not something that's like, oh, we rarely hear these things. Like, what an, what an amazing role to be in. Where like, I get to hear your wins every single week. It never gets old. And I so appreciate you guys sharing this with me. So thank you, Samantha, for letting me in to your little one's progress and for entrusting me with that, with the entire process of your sleep training program with her. That is just awesome. So thank you for that win. Okay. One to none. Let's cover the one to zero nap transition today. Now let's talk about like what age this can happen. I'm going to say this and some of you may be like, what? That is preposterous. My child is so much older than that. And you know what? It's okay. There's a little bit of a variance on this, but usually children are ready to drop the nap completely anywhere between two and a half years old up to three years old. You probably heard me say in Samantha's win that her daughter is sleeping 10 to 11 hours a night for a two and a half year old. She's also doing a really long, solid nap in the middle of the day she's getting her total. So let's talk about this. A two and a half to even up to three and a half year old needs 11 to 12 hours of sleep all night long. But sometimes between two and a half and three, they're ready to drop their nap because they're getting less sleep at nighttime because they're getting a lot more sleep during the day. So usually the age is between two and a half and three years old. Now, Becca, my kid goes to daycare. How could I possibly drop the nap? We're going to get into all the what ifs, but generally we, if you want to say an average three years old is the blanket statement, but between two and a half and three years old, children are ready to drop the nap. However, it's not mandatory. So this is really the only nap transition. You will ever hear me say that it's not mandatory to drop the nap, but it really could help. So how would you know, here are the signs that it's time to drop the nap. The most common sign that it's time to drop the nap for your toddler, just about a three-year-old, is that they are taking a long time to fall asleep at night. Like I'm talking 45, 60, 75, 90 minutes plus to fall asleep. Not just like, oh, it's 20, 30 minutes and they're out. No, 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 no. Like a long time. This could be your child is like actually upset or they're just talking. And that's really, that's more the common one is that they're just like talking, singing, rolling around in their crib or doing their thing. If they're maybe a three-year-old and up child, then they may be, um, in a big bed. And at that point they are, um, sometimes even having trouble like getting out of bed and coming to find mom or dad because they're not tired and they're not tired because they had a nap that day. So that's the number one sign is that they're taking a long time to fall asleep another sign is that they are waking up early in the morning. And this is not just like a random one-time occurrence, but this is something that like happens consistently. Like for several weeks now, your two and a half to maybe three and a half year old is waking up at 5.00 AM ready to go. And you're like, you only slept 10 hours. There's no way you can actually be up and ready to go for today. And actually, yeah, because they are anticipating their body is anticipating well, we get a nap today, so I'll be fine. I'll get a little bit of a snooze in the middle of the day, kind of rev me up and then I'll be able to make it until bedtime. So that's another sign is they're waking up very early in the morning. Now, yes, you could also find another sign is that they are rejecting the nap, either rejecting it and, or not taking a very long nap and, or you're having to cap it. So there's kind of like these three different things that could happen with the nap. Some kids are just outright refusing to take a nap. The parents get them in their crib or they get them in their bed to lay down. And the child is like, nope, not napping. And they're, again, talking, singing, playing with their buddies, like not sleeping. The other sign could be that they are falling asleep, but they're only sleeping for maybe 30, 45 minutes. And then they wake up and that's it. They didn't need much of a nap. The other sign is that you're having to cap their sleep that they, they could, if they wanted to, they could sleep for two and a half to three hours. But if you don't get them up, then they will like never fall asleep. And then they're taking a really long time. They don't fall asleep until like nine or nine 30. I've heard that so often that two to three, two and a half to three year olds will take like a three hour nap, a two and a half hour nap. And they just are not falling asleep at night. The other part of this, this is like option B. So option A is that, you know, the child is taking a really long nap and they're not falling asleep. So then, you know, you could maybe shave that down a little bit. But again, if they're three years old, I would really, I would shave it down and then drop it. But for Hattie, she was a prime example. She is my youngest daughter and Hattie was someone who she would have to only nap for 45 minutes. And if Hattie napped for over 45 minutes, it was game over. Like, she wasn't going to fall asleep for a long time at bedtime, like an over an hour was what took her, um, that was her length. So I am saying this because you could see a bunch of these different signs. You could be seeing multiple of these. This isn't like just pick one. And that's your reason. It really could be a lot of differences. It could be some or all, but these are like the most generic signs. Now, let me kind of pause here. Cause I said, if your child is napping for two and a half to three hours, do I necessarily think you need to drop the nap cold Turkey? no I think that there's a little asterisk here I think if your child is between two and a half to three and a half years old and they are napping for two and a half to three hours just cut it back cut it back to an hour and a half or two hours and see if that helps all right so there's a little bonus tip for you but I'm talking in this podcast to the two and a half to three and a half to up year- olds whatever have you that are napping but it is really affecting their night times they're taking an hour plus to fall asleep at night or they're waking up early in the morning or this is something too. I mean, they can have night wakings because they have a nap. That one's probably a little bit more rare to happen, but it is definitely a reason that you would want to drop the nap. If your a half to three and a half year old plus is having night wakings and that's not normal for them and they're napping, then you want to drop the nap. Okay. So we're all clear on like the age that we're expecting to do this and some of the signs that we're looking for. But here's the thing you're not looking for those signs just to happen like once or twice. You are actually looking for those signs to happen consecutively for like two weeks. So I would give you a measurement of like if five out of seven days a week for two weeks straight, your child is experiencing any of those signs. It's time to drop the nap. Okay. Now let's talk about how we drop this nap. First of all, I know some of you may have little ones like two and a half and you're looking at these signs being like, oh my gosh, I think it is time. But like they seem too little. Well, it's normal. I mean, it's fine. My my girls were actually right under two and a half. And by the way, I do not wish that upon anyone. Like, no, I really would love for your child to hold on to the nap as long as possible. But in this transition... This is one that we have to give your little one a lot of grace because they are napping, even if it is for 45, 60 minutes in the middle of the day, that is a lot to ask your child to like, boom, be awake for 12 hours now. Like they cannot do that. So we are going to have to give an early bedtime. And let me tell you that this is the, usually the most, like the number one thing that's missed. When I help families go through this transition, or I hear about families going through this transition and they come to our team for support and they're like, oh my gosh, my kid is just like, this is really hard. Like they're waking all night long. I just got rid of the nap. Like, oh, this is awful. Most of the time it's because they didn't put the kid to bed early enough. So let's pause here. Overtiredness in a toddler and in a preschooler manifests itself as restlessness, as hyperactivity And it's a lot different than a baby overtiredness. So your child is going to be overtired when we're dropping their nap. Like that is to be expected. But the number one thing that you must do is put them to bed early. You cannot put them to bed at their normal time. You cannot take their nap away and then say, okay, well, let's just keep doing our 730, eight o'clock bedtime. No, 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 no. You got to move that earlier. Now, this is different per kid my girls were both very different on this. And so this is where like, I am, you can't see me cause you're listening to me, but I'm like releasing, I'm like pushing my arms out to you. Like this is on you girl. Okay. Like this is like, this is what you need to do with your kid. All right. So listen up. Um, you know, your kid best. So Ellie and Hattie, my girls are very different in their personalities. Ellie is very dramatic. And when we were dropping her nap, that girl could not make it past five 30. Like at five o'clock, she was starting to melt down. So I knew for her, when we first got started on dropping her nap, step one was like evaluating what time she needed to go to bed. And that was at five 30. That was her sweet spot. And if she stayed up past five 30, it was absolute misery for everyone. And she had a more broken night of sleep because she was restless because she was overtired. So we did dinner at like 4:45 for her and then instantly moved her to like get ready for bed. And then at five 30 said, good night, left the room. Now she also room shared at this time. So yes, we went through a little bit of an awkward period where like we put Ellie to bed and then like an hour and a half later, Hattie went to bed and that was just for a little bit of time. But then when it was time for Hattie to drop her nap, Hattie can hang. Like she's pretty good about like just being flexible, kind of pushing herself a little bit more. She's also a little bit more of our daredevil. So like she can handle it. She's not as dramatic as Ellie. And so when it was time for Hattie to drop the nap, I looked at her and at about five o'clock, she was, she seemed fine. So we did dinner at five 30 and I put her to bed at six. Now, All along, our girls have always gone to bed at 7. Now it's 7.30. They're a little bit older. But at this point, they had always gone to bed at 7. So I went by the rule of thumb. And I would tell you to go by a rule of thumb of like a minimum of an hour early. Ellie needed an hour and a half earlier. And that seems like a lot, but think about it. They've been getting an hour to maybe an hour and a half, maybe even two hours of a nap in the middle of the day. You kind of now need to take that total and tack it to the nighttime. Okay. So you're going to put them to bed in the beginning of this transition about an hour early. They need that. Y'all, I have so many stories of parents coming from the preschool program with their child and they're, they've dropped the nap but they have not moved bedtime earlier. And I take a look at their sleep log and their child, yes, things aren't getting better. Things are getting worse. They're having more night wakings. And I look at this, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! you dropped the nap, but you didn't move bedtime. We talked about this. And so when we move bedtime earlier and they've maybe been doing an 8 p.m. bedtime, but I ask them, kind of like, okay, well, how's your child? What's your child's mood? They're like, oh, they're a disaster at six o'clock. I'm like, okay, well then get in bed at six 30. You know, we will work our way back towards a normal bedtime, but you got to move it earlier for now. And inevitably, every time we do that, things get so much better and so much smoother. So I would say if you're doing an 8 PM bedtime, the earliest I would want you to go is six 30, for an early bedtime, probably the latest would be seven 30. Um, but again, I think that may be an older child, maybe like a four or five year old who can handle things, but you are going to really judge your own kids. So this is like, this is the gray matter. We talk about this a lot, inside our sleep society, there's a lot of like gray matter when it comes to sleep strategies, because you know your child best. So the sweet spot is generally get them to bed an hour early, but this could vary slightly kid to kid. Okay. So you need to be the judge on that. When your child is hitting that, like, wow, you're very like, I cannot be around you anymore. You're, this is just frustrating. Like you're so cranky. Then that really means they should have already been in bed. So Just take that little nugget because that is the biggest one that people miss when they're making this transition. Now, Becca, but what happens to that nap? Like what happens to that middle of the day nap time? Well, it's gone. You drop the nap. However, your child is going to need some type of like a little bit of recharging. So now we're going to transition to talking about what kind of quiet time we're going to develop with your child. And then, of course, I'm going to cover the what if daycare slash what if they do fall asleep during their quiet time or in the middle of the day, that kind of stuff. All right. So I'll get you. Now, um, oh my gosh, what did I just say I was going to cover? I just forgot. Oh, quiet time. Thank you. (laughs) Quiet time. Okay. So when we're looking at quiet time, this is like a sweet spot right in the middle of the day. This part is again kind of varies family to family it depends on how many kids you've got it depends on what's going on but ideally i'm looking for maybe 20 30 minutes of your child having some downtime now hear me out this is not tv this is not tablet this is not um screen time this is them building the independent play practice okay so i would suggest you have a little basket, a little Tupperware bin, like something set up for them that that's their quiet time bucket. That's their quiet time basket. Maybe you've got those Melissa and Doug water painting tools. And you know what? We'll put some of my favorite quiet time activities in the links below. So you can check that out. Uh, Maybe it's puzzles. Maybe it's coloring. Maybe it's building blocks, but this is something that is independent for them. Now we will do an entirely separate episode, and I think I even have a separate episode on quiet time, but we'll focus again on this more. But this quiet time is really just like 20 to 30 minutes, but you'll need to build your child up to that. I have zero expectation that your child will instantly be able to like go to their room or go to a quiet space in there in your house for 20 to 30 minutes and occupy themselves. Like you're going to need to build them up to that. Okay. So I would start a timer and you could use a kitchen timer, your phone timer, but y'all know, I love the time timer. So I'll link that below for you as well. This is a visual timer that is for your child. And I would start the timer at like 10 minutes, maybe even five minutes. If you have like Wow. We've never done anything like this before, but start it low. And then every few days, give them a little bit more time and a little bit more time. And you're giving them the gift of independent play and you're giving yourself some of that downtime. Okay. So we're looking at like 20 to 30 minutes of some quiet time. If you can build up to 45 to 60 minutes, like go for it, my friend. Um, every kid is different in that. And again, families are different in that, but if you can do 20 to 30 minutes, like high five of just some downtime for your child to get like just some quiet space to themselves. Themselves. Notice, I did not say in their crib. Okay, we're not going back to the crib, or they're not going into their bed to have this quiet time. They could go to their room if they maybe have a little activity table, if there's some some toys in there that they like, or maybe it's just um, the table, the kitchen table, and they can have that all to themselves. Or maybe you have a playroom, whatever works well for you do that. If you're in tight spaces, then you may be in the same space as your child, but you'll really need to set those expectations that this is time for you to do this over here. And maybe you have like, maybe you're sitting on the couch and they're behind the couch, whatever that looks like for you. Um, definitely quiet time is screen free, but it is time for your child to just have some alone to kind of have that moment to recharge and to have that again, quiet time right there in the middle of the day. You know what, after this, by all means, put a show, put a movie, whatever you need to do. I totally rocked that with my girls because I was just trying to grow little Z's during nap times and then nap times were gone. So what am I going to do? So absolutely show TV. That's fine. After quiet time is perfectly acceptable. So you're going to implement your quiet time now. Like, ah, what? Uh, like Becca, what do I do? They fell asleep during quiet time. how do I handle this? This has happened so many times. Um, my girls never fell asleep during quiet time, but it's only because They for Ellie, she she had to do quiet time where I was. So she was a little bit more stimulated by my movement. And then of course when Hattie was time for quiet time, um, she just never fell asleep because she was trying to keep up with Ellie. So I never personally dealt with this, but have I dealt with clients sending me SOS messages like, ah, Becca, what do I do? Yes. Oh my gosh, all the time. So here's the thing. If your child falls asleep in the middle of the day as you're dropping their nap, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Now, I would wake them up. I would not let them sleep any longer than like 15-20 minutes. If and and I actually had a client one time who Um, she set the child up for quiet time and then she like took a phone call and had the monitor and then realized like, Oh my gosh, the monitor is really quiet. And she went in and she was like, I have no idea how long my kid was sleeping. I was like, well, I mean, if you're on the phone for 20 minutes, let's just go ahead and wake him up. So you may need to kind of, um, you know, fudge a little bit of this if you don't know how long they were sleeping, but 15 to 20 minutes is really not going to derail anything. You know, your little one may just kind of have a little snooze and they may fall asleep on the stairs or fall asleep on their floor or fall asleep on the couch, like anything like that but 15 to 20 minutes is not a big deal. If they ended up sleeping more than that, like 30 plus, then you might not need to do as an extreme early bedtime. But again, you know, your child best. I will say that the most common place for this to happen is in the car, right? Like maybe you run an errand in the middle of the day when their nap used to be, or maybe you run an errand at like three o'clock when they're really hitting that slump. That's completely normal. But again, if we can try to keep them awake, if we can try to make sure that they do snooze, because please drive safely, if we can make sure it's no more than 20 minutes, you'll be okay. Now, what about daycare? All right. This is the biggest problem. What if for so many parents out there, oftentimes daycares are continuing to do nap time well into like a four and five-year-old age, but the child doesn't need the nap time anymore. Here's where I really encourage you to get Creative. If we can have an open and honest discussion with the daycare director, with the daycare teachers, and let them know what's going on. So if we can set a meeting with them, if we can set up a phone conference with them, let's start there. And I would encourage you to share with them openly, like, hey, when my child naps, this is what happens at nighttime. It's causing a lot of stress on us. We really need to drop the nap. Can you help us? Here's what I would like to do. Here's what I, I, I've i learned over the years. I wouldn't just tell them like, can you help us with that? Because you need to come to the table with a solution. So we're going to come to the table with a solution for daycare. And we're going to say, is it possible that during the nap time for this class, could my kid have a quiet time activity? Could they have a book? Could they have a coloring book? Could they have puzzles? Is there something that they could do on their mat? That's always, that's, that's honestly like the least popular one because so many daycares are like, no, because then the other kids are going to want to play. And I get that. But it's always something to ask first. The next thing we could ask is, is it possible that my child could go to another room? Um, Is there another room they could go to while everybody else naps? Because when they nap, it just ruins our nighttime. Is it possible that they can um, have my child over by the window so it's a little bit brighter and they are not going to fall asleep? Whatever we can do to ask them to be creative, we're going to do that. Now, at the end of the day, I understand, and I've never worked with the daycare that was like, yeah, sure, I'll poke your kids so they can stay awake. If anything, it's the opposite. They're going to rub the child's back to go to sleep. So if it's a situation where they really can't do anything, we've tried and we've tried, and it's always frustrating for the parents, then let's release it a little bit. We're just going to let it go. You're going to have a slightly different schedule. If anything, I will ask the daycare to like, Hey, you know how you guys get them ready to go down for the nap. You do a potty break or you change diapers or whatever it is. And then you come over to the nap mat and they you lay down. Could my kid be the last one to go potty? Please make sure they're the last one to go potty. And then the first one you wake up so that maybe their nap instead of an hour and a half is more like an hour. That would be great. So we can ask them something like that. We could actually ask them, is it possible for you to wake them up sooner so they don't sleep too long? Um, but obviously, at the end of the day, if they are napping, then we're going to need to have a different schedule Monday through Friday or however many days your kid goes to daycare and versus having um, Saturday and Sunday naps. So I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday schedule. So at daycare, an example may look something like they take a nap for an hour, hour and a half, and they go to bed at 8, 8, 30. And then on the weekends, they don't take a nap and they go to bed at more like seven or six 30, depending again on their moods, especially as you're working through this transition. So that is an option. I know it's frustrating and I know it's difficult and you are doing an amazing job. Like this is a this is a hard, hard thing to work through with daycares and trying to drop that. And if you have any ways that have been helpful for you as you've communicated through this and, or as you listen to this and you get some ideas, I would actually love to know how you're navigating this with your daycare teachers and with the daycare providers or sitters or nannies or whoever's with you. So if you want to send me a message on Instagram at little Z sleep, I would love to hear that. That'd be always encouraging. I'm getting your wins and getting your stories on how to work with daycare is just like, Mm, So good, so good to hear. Y'all are awesome. Okay, well, I hope this gave you some good insight into how we're going to drop that nap. This is a big one, and overall, here's the don't don't stop, don't move on to another podcast. Listen up. This transition is going to take somewhere between four to six weeks. Okay, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be instantaneous. It's going to take time. Some kids, it even takes an upwards of three months to feel like they've gotten the hang of this because it's a big one. So don't rush to push your child back to the eight o'clock bedtime. Move that bedtime early. And as they can handle it a little bit more, we can start to push it a little bit more. But you are doing a great job. I hope you've gotten the motivation and the skill base and the knowledge base and the action plan, because y'all know I love a good plan of how we're going to do this. I would love and appreciate you guys to just scroll down if you're on the podcast app give us a rating give us a review for this podcast it just continues to help us reach more people and spread the news that sleep is a thing sweet dreams you guys see you next time